Hello, and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money and work less, so you can enjoy having your ideal business and ideal life. This is Ann Backrack. Today, we have a special guest with us who is going to share her very valuable insight about how we can make what we might think impossible actually possible. So for the past seven years, Elizabeth Lewis has worked with high performers, professional athletes, corporate America, small business powerhouses, and innovation-driven entrepreneurs, helping them master their mindset and increase their cognitive awareness. I know you're going to get a lot of value from our conversation today. Welcome, Elizabeth. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I like to just get right into the nitty gritty here. So just to give us a basic understanding, what is neuropsychotherapy or a neuropsychotherapist? And how is that really different than what we might view as a, I'm using air quotes, regular therapist? So first off, I just have to say that I love that you said air quotes, because typically, Anne, I say the same thing. I'm like, I'm just going to explain air quotes here. Um, so the biggest difference is a neuropsychotherapist is going to also look at your brain and behavior connection, whereas a air quote typical therapist is going to look at just your feelings and your emotions. So if you're really looking for transformation, you get it a little bit faster, in my opinion, based off of what I do in my practice. So definitely have to personalize it there. Because I'm also looking at like where your neurology or some of your neurons are overdeveloped, which could be also creating more oppression and suffering in your life. So then we kind of have more of the root problems we need to work on to shift your thinking and rebalance your neurology so that your psychology can become a little bit more optimistic or well-rounded, if that makes sense. Could you just elaborate a little bit more on that? So how are my neurons either developed correctly or overdeveloped, and then how would that play into how you would help us? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, for sure. So ultimately, I'm listening to how you're thinking because your thoughts can change your neurology. And for instance, people who are more avoidant prone, meaning they're motivated by what they want to avoid, they're motivated by negativity, by more fear at the end of the day, they're going to speak in a lot of um, negative conversations, right? They're going to always want to do things because they're trying to get away from what they fear. And that's dangerous because when we have constant avoidant behavior, suffering naturally increases and depression is usually a result. Also, pessimistic thinking develops a lot faster. And that and when we have avoidant behavior, a certain part of your prefrontal cortex has become overdeveloped. And so we would want to counter that by learning how to develop positive goals or approach goals because humans are really best motivated by what they want to achieve. That's how you really stay in that optimistic thinking. That's how you actually get your goals a lot faster as well and make more of a positive, enjoyable life and decrease your suffering when you're focused on what you want to achieve. So just a quick example of, of positive versus avoidant goals. An avoidant goal would be, I want to move to the country to get away from the noise. So that's a negative, right? You're, you're being motivated by what you want to avoid and not experience. So notice the negativity there. Versus positive goals would be like, I want to move to the country for peace and quiet. So you're really focusing on what you want to get versus what you want to avoid. And even though it seems like I'm splitting hairs here, this tells me so much about your neurology. 
The other thing too is if you're constantly like obsessed or ruminating on fear, stress, anxiety, worry, that tells me you have a limbic loop. And a limbic loop ultimately means that you are spending most of your time in your limbic system versus your prefrontal cortex. As human beings, we have prefrontal cortex, and that's what makes us so amazing as human beings and different from other animals. And when we are constantly in our limbic system, really what your, your experience is survival mode. I don't want you to be in survival mode because you're not gonna enjoy your life to the degree you could if we could get you into your prefrontal cortex. I wanna help you thrive. And so those are just like two examples of what I would listen for when I'm with my clients, because you have to remember that the fastest way to change is rewiring your brain. So you wanna find a therapist that knows how to do neuron mirroring while talking with you to help rewire your brain at a faster level. Super interesting, Elizabeth. This is really, really fascinating to me. So many times I hear my clients say what they don't want versus what they actually want. And then they wonder why they're not making any progress or getting what they want because they're constantly saying the negative side of it, what they don't want instead of what they actually want. And I think so. I think this is really super interesting. And there's a way to actually help you rewire your brain to really go to what you want, not what you want to avoid. So I'm assuming in order to do that, you have a preset set of questions to help you determine our thoughts and how we're thinking if we're doing avoidance or, you know, what we're actually going to. Would that would that be a fair statement? Yeah, I mean, some of this also depends on like what the client is wanting to achieve and where they're going to want to go. I mean, sometimes if some of their major issues are more business or, you know, something that has to be addressed right then and there, then I might not go that direction. So all of this is very dependent on what the client wants. You have to customize everything with clients. There's not always that, you know, one size fits all, but there's definitely things that I've learned from just doing this for so long now of where I need to go and what I need to ask. I'll ask based off of what they tell me and what they're struggling with. So I like to find the core issues and not deal with the symptoms because, if my clients are like me, they want to change like three weeks ago. And so I want to help get them that as soon as possible. Love that. Totally love that. So what are the thinking traps that we have and why is it important for us to really know about them? Yeah, that's a great question. So we all have thinking traps and thinking traps is just slang for the cognitive behavior therapy word, um, cognitive distortions and cognitive distortions are just our automatic negative ways of thinking that happen in like nanoseconds. So you see something and you think about it. The reason we need to know the categories of the thinking traps that we most participate with is because 95% of our thoughts are the same every single day and one to 99% of those thoughts can be negative and you can have anywhere from six to 70,000 thoughts a day. And so maybe you can you can shed light to this too, Anne, but sometimes we get clients and they're like, oh my gosh, I keep getting surprised by this. And it's like, okay, you know, draw a line in the sand, get ahead of it. If 95% of your thoughts are the same every day and you are constantly being um, overwhelmed by your catastrophizing thoughts, then we need to say, okay, like this is a this is your habitual way of thinking. So instead of freaking out every time you go to worst case scenario, just understand it's your MO. It's what your brain has been trained to think like because you have essentially trained it to do that. So if you can get ahead of the ways that you think, it's easier to catch that thought and choose a different path. And in neuroscience, we call this the magical moment, which is the nanosecond before you go down that default path. So if you want to change paths, you have to kind of know your tendencies to think. 
let me put this in a metaphor because I think sometimes talking about thoughts gets really like confusing and ambiguous. But if you were driving to your grocery store, you would probably take the default path to get there, the simplest, easiest path to get there, right? But if you knew that road work was happening on that route to the grocery store, you would intentionally take a different route, right? So it's doing the same thing so that we can get better results versus constantly going down the route that's gonna have all this road work and be like, oh, why is there road work? I'm so frustrated by this when it's like, well, you knew about it, let's get ahead of it and do something different. So smart, so smart to just, I mean, raising somebody's level of awareness to what these are so they can be more conscious about getting ahead of it is super important. Yes, I would. I, I totally agree. I mean, that's how we can change our thoughts. It's just growing that awareness, practicing mindfulness and really choosing different choices, which is sometimes easier said than done. But you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, definitely. In many cases, easier said than done for sure. But the awareness part is what we're looking for here to help us be more aware of our tendencies that aren't serving us. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And also having the honest conversation of like, okay, you know, this isn't serving you, but are you willing to do the work to change? Because if not, then have that honest conversation with yourself. Yeah. And I always tell people, you know, just because you're willing to doesn't mean you will. You have to be 100 percent committed to it because willing, hey, I'm willing to do something. But yeah, I don't know that I really, really want to do the hard work. Yeah, exactly. So what are some toxicities or fears that people must first work on to help them get to where they really want to be or need to be? Yeah, so the, the, the three, um, and they're not really fears, I would say that the three roadblocks that we have to kind of crush before we can really start to do more of that like intricate work in our mindset. And when I say intricate work, I mean like, you know, putting the details on the molding and all of those things that really is what people want to do from Jump Street. A lot of times people are like, I don't want to build the foundation. I just want to go and have the fun. And I'm like, nope, you got to build the foundation. But um, you got to get rid of your jealousy and envy because that's going to constantly keep you on a negative viewpoint. And it's going to, you're going to be so focused on everyone else that you're going to willingly give away that bandwidth to other people where you can't do anything about it versus implementing it where you truly have control. You also have to get rid of bitterness. Bitterness, unforgiveness is so destructive. It is connected to a lot of health issues, which is unfortunate that we don't talk a little bit more about the power of forgiveness in the medical world. And then the last one is rejection. Now, rejection takes a lot of time because typically most of people's core issues stem from rejection. And before you can really get to that root of rejection, you've got to go through a lot of fears like fear of man, fear of abandonment, fear of failure, fear of discomfort. There's so many fears. I mean, I feel like every day there's a new one. But if you can break through that jealousy and envy, you can get rid of the bitterness and learn how to forgive quickly, then that right there opens you up so much more to really deal with the core issues of where you experience rejection as a child and maybe have developed some coping mechanisms or defense mechanisms that is actually creating a lot of oppression in your life. And then let's correlate that to the impact it has on us and our work and being successful. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, everything runs through your psychology. I mean, everything is going to run through your brain before you make a decision. 
And if you want to have a successful company or if you want to be successful in your best self, then you have to learn your weeds. I mean, like, let's just take an actual plant for a second. When there's like a dead vine or a dead branch on a plant, it starts to suck the life out of the living vessels and we can't afford that. And so what do we do? We prune the plant, we get rid of the dead fruit. Well, we have to do the same things in our beings if we really wanna reach optimal level at the end of the day. And that sometimes means having really frank, honest conversations with ourselves, seeing where we are unhealthy and dysfunctional in our thinking because you know, cognitive behavior therapy is the most effective therapy out there at a 70% success rate, which is still not amazing, but you know, it's better than the rest. And it prides itself on helping you identify your dysfunctional thinking, which if you can start to extract your dysfunctional thinking, you can start to plant something better. And since we know we create our most dominant thoughts in time, you're going to have this beautiful garden that's just flourishing and thriving versus this garden of weeds and destruction and death, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. So what are the psychometrics entrepreneurs must have or must possess to be successful or increase their level of success? Because I think we all have a next level. Yeah, that's a great question. And there is a list of psychometrics. And it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's more so wanting to um, get your psychometric levels to um, this score. So uh, first off, entrepreneurs definitely need to be social. They need to be extroverts. They need a recognition of around a seven at the very tops. They need to be moderately conscientiousness to extremely conscientiousness. Um, their exhibition score needs to be medium to high. We need to have healthy trust. I mean, I, unfortunately, I see a lot of entrepreneurs who are more pessimistic and don't have trust. Nurturance, we need to have a moderate level of nurturance and then our dedication traits like ambition, endurance, assertiveness, boldness, coachability and leadership, they all need to be extremely high at about a 10 would be ideal, obviously. And then for organizational traits, we need to have um, high structure, meaning we know how to communicate effectively and put our thoughts in um, correct order to be the most influential. We need to be organized. We need to have a degree of flexibility, but not too high of flexibility at the same time. And our creativity needs to be high. We need to have high responsibility. We also need high self-confidence, high composure, high tough-mindedness, and moderate autonomy, but high contentment and high control, which, you know, a lot of these self-control traits and just traits throughout, it takes intentionality to get there. Because if you have any soul wounds in your past, that's going to hinder you. If you don't have a negative, if you don't have a positive opinion about yourself, that's going to hinder you. If you struggle with pessimism, that's going to hinder your ability to trust people. And so all of these little factors, all these traits do create potential problems or uh, solutions to potential obstacles, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I'm just curious, is there some kind of psychometric test that we can take that lets us know at least where we are and then you can help us? like make some changes or make the changes necessary to get us to the place we need to be? Yes. In fact, there are two that I know of. One is free that I offer on my website. Um, it's a performance development assessment and you can don't laugh at the link. I didn't think about it when I made it, but you can go to Elizabeth Lewis, L-O-U-I-S backslash performance dev ass. Didn't think about it. Didn't think about it when I wrote it. Um, and then you can also pay for one. It's about $200 and it's called the Winslow Assessment. And it's one of the only assessments that actually um, upholds in the court of law. And so I always encourage my employers 
to use that assessment if they're hiring for a certain position because you you ultimately get like an x-ray of their brain and it's awesome especially if you have like per, uh, performance development programs in your company because you you essentially not only have an x-ray of their mind but you have agreement it's like okay well you answered these questions so here's where you are what are you willing to do to improve and so you kind of can't get lied to in this situation because it's so easy to just have people you know pretend that they're better than they are or you know sell you chocolate milk when really it's just you know water with chocolate in it <laughs> i haven't really heard that one before <laughs> chocolate milk but i'm just selling you chocolate with water in it i that, that's good i like that um there what are the five personality traits that can make us the happiest so that i think that when we're happy obviously a lot of other things just naturally fall into place yeah so it's the acronym for ocean so first we have openness so the more open you are the better then we have conscientiousness and so the more you are a selfless people selfless person excuse me the more you're kind of aware of your surroundings and you you know want to do what's right for humanity is ideal and then we have extroversion so we know that the more extroverted you are the happier you are theoretically and then we have agreeableness and agreeableness is interesting because what we found is if you are less agreeable, you'll make more money. If you're more agreeable, you'll make less money and you might be less happy because you're typically going to be struggling with people pleasing. So agreeableness, we kind of want more so in the mid range. And then the last one is neuroticism. And we want that to be very, very low, obviously. OK, and I'm assuming there's a way to test for that as well. Oh, yeah. Um, the ocean algorithm or excuse me, the ocean assessment is a huge popular uh, personality theorist one. You could literally just Google search ocean personality traits, and I'm sure like 100,000 of them are going to pop up for you. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and, you know, these assessments are really awesome tools along along the journey as you discover who you are. So it's not the full journey, but it's like part of the journey that just helps you learn a little bit more about yourself. And all assessments provide different insight and there's so many free ones in today's world. I always encourage go have fun, play with them. Yeah, I mean, it's just really important if people want to get ahead in life. But again, it's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result isn't going to happen. So a lot of times we get stuck in these traps and then we need someone to help us really see the light, so to speak, and open up ourselves and our mindset and our wisdom to these assessments and places we can go to really get the help we need so we can if we're going to put in the work get to where we ultimately want to go exactly exactly anything else that you think is important for us to know about our mindset and about our thinking and how that really impacts us getting to where we ultimately want to go uh, yes, I, I think it's really important to learn how to master your mindset. At the end of the day, we don't really fully ever master it like it's completed and we can like check that off the, the list and do something else because we're constantly evolving as humans. But there are some fundamentals to mastering your mindset that have to be curated before you can really move to the next level. A lot of times clients come to me and they're like ready to build their second or third story and they don't even have their first story, let alone the foundation completed. And so I always encourage people like learn the, the foundational elements to your mindset, because these are things that are 
always going to be fairly the same. They might change to a degree, but they're going to be fairly concrete. And then once you have those in place, you can build other things. And I do have a um, course right now called Mindset Mastery that teaches you exactly how to do this in a linear framework. It's on sale right now for $97. But some of the keys to learning how to master your mindset is really getting clear on where you're going. So many people aren't clear on where they're going in life. And this is dangerous because, well, like, I mean, imagine if you just left your house and you're like, well, I need to go to the grocery store, but I have no idea how I'm going to get there. And I have no idea where, when I'm going to go there. Like you, you might not ever end up there and you might have no food at the end of the day. Um, the other thing too is how do you make decisions? A lot of people make decisions on their feelings. This is dangerous. Limbic loops can send you false information. We know that the brain can send false information quite often, especially in the sensation of emotions or feelings. So what are your values? The next thing is, do you even know how toxic your thinking is? So kind of going back into those thinking traps. Then learning how to practice mindfulness into your thinking and learning how to participate and implement radical acceptance so really actually playing that card versus thinking about it is important, but also learning how to navigate your intense emotions. I mean, we're going to have intense emotions at, at time in life. So get ahead of it, plan for it, understand how to navigate it, understand things that you can do to decrease the intensity of that emotion or, you know, maybe even decrease a, a blow up if you can prevent that. But then it's also learning how to create healthy self-talk. So many people are extremely critical to themselves. No, we've got to get rid of that as soon as possible. And when you have healthy self-talk, your ability to communicate effectively also just radically grows, which is pretty cool because what people forget is that communication is what the listener perceives, it's not what the communicator said. So this is why we have to be really effective in our communication style because we're all made differently. And we have to learn kind of some of those differences so that we can come across to that person better. Yeah, it's so true. Many of us are looking for that silver bullet and it just doesn't exist. You have to, and I love the fact that you reiterated the fact that you have to build a foundation. So yeah. many times people just want to jump in. They want to take that silver bullet, which doesn't exist. And they want to go from, you know, the 10th floor to the 20th floor without, you know, building the foundation, even get to the first floor. So I love the fact that you reiterated that because I think that is so important. If we don't have the foundation, can't build anything that's stable on top of that. It's exactly. It's so true. And it's so important. And a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't want to do it, you know. My program is eight hours total, and I think I think it might even be a little less than that. At the end of the day, it's amazing how quickly you can collapse time when you get serious and stay focused. And the program that you're referencing, is that the Mindset Mastery program? Yes, it is. Okay, that's the $97 one, and how would I find that one? Just go to your website, ElizabethLewis.com? Exactly, and it's going to be under courses. Okay, awesome. I appreciate that. No, well, whew, this was a lot of super interesting information, at least from my perspective, Elizabeth. I really enjoyed you sharing your valuable insight and learning about, you know, what we need to do to help us get to our next level. And I appreciate you being somebody who's there to help us do that. Well, I appreciate you having me on your show and asking me all these great questions. Really appreciate that so much. Wow, that was amazing. And my hope for our time together with Elizabeth Lewis is that you got value in an idea or two that will help you be even more successful professionally and personally. Feel free to share my podcast with others as it can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries and, of course, at accountabilitycoach.com. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, 
subscribe to the Accountability Minute, which can also be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries. And remember to subscribe to my proven business success resources and tips blog by going to accountabilitycoach.com forward slash blog. And always aim for what you want each and every single day. Until next time, make it a great day, today and every day. I appreciate you listening.